Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you will enjoy this message today. We sang a couple of songs this morning that we haven't sung for a long time, and I picked them um, uh, a little while back, and I must admit, I I came to um, look at the songs during the week, um, and it had been a a few weeks since I picked them, and I looked at them and I thought, what did I pick those songs for? Like, that seems really weird. Um, But then this morning when we were singing them after everyone had spoke, I just realised how apt they were for what we were doing this morning. And when people were sharing in other languages, I just get a sense of... God just, oh man, it's just my people together, you know, just awesome. Whew, and then I, and then because we didn't know the songs very well, I said, don't worry guys, I got them, I'll carry you. And I'm, <laughs> I was struggling, struggling big time. God is good, isn't he? I had um, uh, a, a week off, uh, a weekend off last weekend and I took my motorbike into a paddock um, by myself. If you're on Facebook, you would have seen the photo and I set up my little tent and I uh, just had a little time by myself and, uh, and talking to the Lord as well and, and just thinking about stuff. So first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to let me do that. Um, but I miss church and when I'm here this morning, I thought, boy, it's, it's, I like riding my motorbike and I like being out in the open and being in the wilderness and we can admire God's creation. I like that as well. But I like being where his Holy Spirit is with his people even better. Yeah, that's so good. I want to share something too. If you haven't met me before, my name's Pastor Luke and uh, we just want to welcome you uh, here today. Um, And I want to share something with you this morning, just briefly, um, about the most diverse message ever. The most diverse message ever. Um, And I want to acknowledge before I start, there's a book that I've read um, by Rebecca McLaughlin called Confronting Christianity. Has anyone read it? One, all right, it's a good book if you if you're looking at it. But a lot of what I'm talking about this morning um, comes from that from that book. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that. But the idea that Christianity is a white Western religion and linked to colonialism, if you like, can actually be quite a barrier, particularly for younger people who are considering Christianity. Are you following what I'm saying? Because of the way that we want to not we, but others want to portray Christianity in our culture, the way that the media talks about Christianity and historical Christianity. Um, We want to now in our culture, we want to celebrate everything that's diversity and we want to lament the fact that Christianity has gone into all these other cultures and messed up the culture and, you know, and brought Westernism to cultures. And that seems to be the message of the day. Um, that, that, that is put out there, that somehow there's been this, um, this damaging of culture by Christianity. And that can actually, you know, when we're old people like me, then we, uh, we maybe don't the same way, but for younger people, particularly um, in their 30s and younger, really that's a message that's been drummed into them and that they feel um, that is a barrier that they need to get over. But, you know, in those cultures where Christianity has come, um, not only are there so many Christians in different cultures around the world who are so grateful that Christianity has come into their culture. They love the Lord. They, they are just so grateful that they've heard the good news of Jesus Christ that has come to them. But also in those cultures, there are many people who say, hey, you white 
people thinking about missionaries that you sent, don't take too much credit because quite often what has happened is there may have been a missionary or someone who's brought the message of Jesus. But in actual fact, most of the people who have converted to be Christians or have accepted Jesus as their, as their Lord and Saviour have done so because their own culture, tribe, people have actually shared the gospel with them. Do you know what I'm saying? A missionary might go in, he might convert only a handful of people, but then those people actually spread Christianity through their culture. So they're saying, don't think that you converted all of us because actually our own people shared the message of the gospel of Jesus. It's like, you know, we sent missionaries to Indonesia many years ago, but we haven't done that for years and years and years because it's the Indian, Indonesian people that are spreading the gospel in Indonesia. So, um, so we need to remember that. Now, uh, I, I want to say that, you know, some Western culture practices were kind of packaged up with Christianity and sometimes uh, that was a shame and that was something that shouldn't happen. Um, but, but in those communities, there are those who are equally as happy the fact that Christianity has come to their tribe. Um, a cultural anthropology professor and proud Indian Naga tribe member, Gunutu Trophy, said... We must abandon this absurd idea that Christianity is a Western religion. Now, it's not that Christianity and the Western world don't have a lot to do with each other. Obviously, through Europe, through hundreds of years, Christianity was the dominant power in Europe, and we don't deny that. But whilst Christianity had a monopoly on, on the West, on, on, on Europe, the West did not have a monopoly on Christianity. We don't have a monopoly on where Christianity comes from. And calling Christianity Western, this is what this professor says, is like calling literacy Western, a concept like that. We don't say that literacy is Western. Literacy didn't originate in the West. Most literate people today are not Western. And it's offensive to suggest that because somebody is literate, that they ha that's because of their connection with the Western world, right? In the same way, Christianity did not originate in the West. Most Christians today are not Westerners. And it's offensive to suggest that because I'm a Christian, that somehow it's a connection with the West, that, that I would have that. So um, the Bible sets out, as multicultural and multiracial right from the very beginning. I think that's why when we were sharing, and we we're sharing in different languages up here this morning, it's so powerful, because that's the way the Bible set out in the very beginning. Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan, and uh, the hero is the Samaritan in the story. And that would have been jarring for the people who heard that story because they were Jews and the Samaritans were a different, um, a different culture. They didn't like them. They didn't think they were valuable um, and they didn't want to know about them. And Jesus tells a story where the hero of the story is the Samaritan. And right from the very outset, he's setting something up where he's saying that all cultures are important. Everybody is important equally. Um, it would be like him, him telling that story would be like us telling a story to someone who's grown up in a Christian home and maybe they've got you know some unbiblical sort of racist tone in there or whatever and we tell them a story uh, where the hero is a black Muslim man it's jarring it would be oh is that is that what you're talking about Jesus is that is that what you're saying here and then I love Jesus conversation I think it's one of my one of it's my favorite yeah it's my favorite thing uh, <laughs> 
I was trying to quantify it. I love the story of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. I mean, there's so much in that that just blows your mind. But the fact that Jesus is going around healing people, saying, don't tell anyone that healed, whatever. But then he makes a switch. And it's, it's the first time where he goes, yeah, I'm actually going to declare that I am the Messiah. And where does he choose to do it? He chooses to do it at a well with a Samaritan woman. Not only was she like the wrong culture. Jesus said, I've come here for the Jewish people. Yeah, she's in the wrong culture. But she um, is a woman. And, and there's, there's whole social gender classes there. He just shouldn't be talking to her at all. Um, the, the, Jew, the Jewish people wouldn't speak to the Samaritan people, and much less a, um, a Jewish leader or teacher, a rabbi as they, as they called him, w- wouldn't be seen talking to the woman at the well, but he chooses to talk to the woman at the well. And I just think it's amazing. And she, and she t- starts talking about the Messiah, and he says, I whom speaking to you am he. Can you imagine the weight of that moment where he says, yeah, you talk, want to talk about a Messiah? It's me. It's me. And she goes off to the town and tells everyone, and it really starts things off, you know. But I just think it's amazing that Jesus chose to do that there at the well with a Samaritan woman, not in the synagogue where he was teaching or anything else, but he chose to do it there. And I think it was very much on purpose. We know that Jesus told his disciples to go and make nations uh, to go and go and make nations, to go and make disciples of all nations, disciples of all nations. From the very beginning, this is what the Bible is about: inclusivity of all nations. In the Book of Acts, uh, we we know that the Holy Spirit enables people um, to speak in different tongues that people could actually understand. So there's a big crowd, and there's all people from all different nations, and and they speak in their own tongue miraculously, so that they can understand them. There would have been people there from uh, from modern day Iran, Iraq, from Turkey, from Italy. Um, what else did I write down? Greece, possibly, yeah, Egypt, yes, Um, and all those different languages and people groups. And right at the very beginning, there is a miracle where they're speaking in those languages. We can't for a moment think that God didn't design this in such a way that every person, every tribe, every culture was meant to be included. Paul wrote to the Colossians um, in Colossians 3 verse 11. He says, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And then in Galatians 3.28, similar, there is no Jew or Gentile. Don't tell me about your racial divides. I'm not interested in that. that. That doesn't exist. Neither slave nor free. Don't tell me about your socioeconomic status, where you sit in social. That, that doesn't exist anymore. Nor is there male or female. Hey, I don't care what gender you are. Gender doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be, whether you're male or female, Christ is in all. Um, sorry, the second part of that verse says, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And it's about giving the value to every single individual person. And that's what the Bible is about. That's what Jesus is about. Socioeconomic diversity was core at the very beginning of Christianity. In James 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So the idea that Christianity is um, diversity resistant, uh, that it's a white Western religion of privilege, 
is unreconcilable with the New Testament. It doesn't match up. When we talk about the, uh, the first African Christians, Elizabeth, thanks so much for reading in your language today. I loved it. Um, when, we, uh, when we talk about the first... Af- Isn't it amazing? We, all the people that dress up, Africa, Sri Lanka, all the places, and then us Aussies go, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, good on you guys, awesome. We've we got nothing. Um, you know, when we think about African Christians, we might think, oh, you know, African Christians were one to the Lord from, from missionaries that came from the West and stuff. But in the book of Acts, chapter 8, uh, we meet a highly educated African man who became a follower of Jesus centuries before, centuries before Christianity got anywhere near England or the US or anywhere else, Western. He, he was in charge of the Queen's treasury and he said, I want to get baptised. And he was baptised. Now, we don't know how he was received when he got back home. Um, but what we do know is that in the 4th century, Ethiopia became the second officially Christian state in the world. That was 50 years before Christianity got to Rome, Ethiopia. Um, also in Egypt in the 1st century and Tunisia and Sudan and other per- parts of um, Africa by the 2nd century. Do you know that some people estimate that by 2050, Um, 40% of all the Christians in the world will live in Africa. Contrary to popular belief, Christianity is the most ethnically, culturally, socioeconomically and racially diverse belief system in all of history. Don't let anyone sell you another story. In all of there's, there's not another religion like it. In all of history, the most ethnically, culturally, socioeconomically, and racially diverse belief system. Um, Jesus' followers were first called Christians in Antioch, uh, the ruins of which are in modern-day Turkey. And Iraq is home to uh, Christian churches that started centuries before the birth of Islam. Now, now the church is small in Iraq, but it's actually one of the fastest-growing churches in the world currently. Um, And what about India, where Christians only make up 2% of the population? And the government uh, of of today seems to be um, uh, keen to uh, make being Indian the same as being Hindu. So they're kind of keen to merge those things together. If if you're Indian, then then you're Hindu and and merging that that stuff together. but uh, and, and maybe some of that is because the English sort of hung around for so long and they're like, we want to do our own thing now. And, um, so, but India relates back to the first century with Christianity where the Apostle Thomas is believed to have gone to India and bought the gospel. Um, any way you look at it, Christianity in India happened centuries before the Christianization of Britain and, uh, and the West. And the Hindus um, have a class system, you know, where they have sort of stratification of different classes and stuff like that but christianity breaks that isn't it amazing like people will say you know oh christianity it's like you know it's not accepting of everyone and stuff like that but these other religions that actually have stratification and classes and stuff like that christianity blows all that away and says no not interested in race not interested in in socioeconomic or anything else christ is in every every person yeah what a message what a message that we have i'm telling you the the and I hate talking about the media or whatever, but the message that's out that we hear today wants to tell us the opposite of that. 
We need to understand where we come from. We need to know what Christianity is about. Uh, in China, there's evidence of Christianity as early as the 8th century. Uh, and now, despite um, government crackdowns, the church is estimated to be 70 million strong. 70 million Chinese people uh, that love the Lord. It's estimated that by 2050, if it keeps going the way it's going, by 2050 in China, China will be a majority Christian country. Now, can you? Now, that's going to depend on how the government wants to deal with it, right? Because it's going to be an issue for them. But can you imagine what it would be like if China was a majority Christian country? country this is what god can do like like people can just turn to christ and it can change nations and it can change the course of the world like we think oh gosh you know they're gonna do this this is gonna happen whatever and it's all whatever god's like don't worry i got this you know like he can raise people up and he can raise millions 70 million people in china that are that are christians so uh you know god can change the world Christianity can change the world. Loving Jesus can change the world. So most of the world's Christians uh, are not white and Western. In fact, the, uh, the, if you're a Christian, the most likely thing is that you're a young, coloured lady. That's the most likely thing. So when people um, have a crack at Christianity and, and want to tear it down or whatever, because in their mind, Christianity is this old, white, men privileged rich religion and if that's what's in their head and they want to tear it down we need to say hey who are you coming against here because actually the the average christian is a young black woman who who do you want to come against here um and and help people to see it in that way the second largest missionary sending country is south korea they're going off over there um, in 1960, Martin Luther King said, any church who stands against integration and has a segregated body is standing against the spirit and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's so important. You know, it's, we just, if we want to line up with what the scripture says, then we need to be accepting of all. And, you know, many people in Australia um, feel that oh, immigration is, uh, is a threat to us in some way. It's going to take away our Christian heritage. In fact, the opposite is true. With immigration come more Christians. The people are more likely to be Christians that immigrate into Australia. The, the people group who are eroding Christianity in Australia are white people. That's, it's the white people that are turning from God. It's immigration that's actually bringing more Christians in. So we need to maybe just change our, our mindset as well. And I loved, um, I forget who read it now, we, we, we read the scripture about, about the, the end of days. And what happens in the end? Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 and 10. It says, After this I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language, Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is not like a tack on. This is not like something that, oh, we just thought this would be good as well, you know, at the end or whatever. This is the plan from the start. 
This is God's plan from the start. God being God, being outside of time, gives revelation and says, I'll tell you what it's going to look like at the end, just in case you're wondering. Just in case you're wondering what it looks like, every tribe, every nation, every people, every language standing before the throne and worshipping Father God. Can you wait? Oh, it's going to be good. That was the multicultural vision of Christianity from the very beginning. Well, I just want to thank everyone that shared this morning uh, all the different... Do you know that in our... our church even i think we had six people share in different languages today we've got more some of you are sitting out there going oh i could have shared in whatever we've got more than that and what a blessing that is to have people who are from different cultures and different backgrounds and different languages and just sharing about the love of god in their heart just awesome it's so good so we are so blessed we're going to do something today we're going to take communion We've got one more song to sing after this as well, so don't, don't, don't turn off yet. We're going we're gonna to take communion together, and we're going to do it a little bit different today. Can you do different? Yep. What we're going to do, we've got the communion at the front here, so it's the little ones that you peel off and stuff. We're going to uh, come forward. Maybe someone uh, can help me just by getting those. Maybe that one's a bit in a corner where it can go out, someone with some muscles, um, so that we don't trip over each other. We're all going to get communion, and then we're going to pray together, and we're going to take it. But we're just going to mill around this front area, okay? So we're going to come out, get our communion, and then we'll pray together, just standing up out the front here. Now, if you are, um, we we offer open communion, so you're welcome to take communion with us um, if you feel that you want to do that. Um, And if you're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to take communion. Now I'm going to look silly because I'm sitting in my chair and everyone else is at the front. You can just come up as well and just sort of hang with the crowd if you want to, or if you want to stay in your seat, you're welcome to do that as well. But I don't want you to feel uncomfortable in any way. But that's what we're going to do. So um, let's let's. Um, so before we come up, I just want to share. I looked up um, the word communion, and I thought it's so interesting when we look at the the definition of the word communion. I always talk about communion, what Jesus did, and why we remember. But when we look at the definitions of the word communion. Union. Um, there's three that came up. And one was the service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. So that's good. That's what we're doing today, right? So we've got it right. Communion. That's what we call it. Two, a relationship of recognition and acceptance between Christian churches or individuals. It goes on a bit, but I'll just say, let's look at it as individuals because we're individual people here today. Where we're actually in communion with one another. Even with what we're doing here, we're having communion, but we're in communion with one another. And the third example is a little similar. It says, the sharing or, or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level. And I just love that as we take communion, we can actually share on a spiritual level with one another and we're actually in communion with one another while we take communion and celebrate Jesus and what he did. It's a special time. Lord, we are reminded of the scriptures that tell us uh, about the last supper that you were having with your disciples and how you explained that the bread is like your body that was about to be broken for us. And so we remember that because you said when you come together and when you have uh, food and wine on the table, that we should remember you and we should remember what you've done. And so that's what we do this morning, Lord God. Lord, in a sense, this is symbolic with our um, juice and cracker that we have here. And maybe even more so as we go out and enjoy lunch together, maybe it's even more so like communion that we have together. But God, at this particular time, we remember what you said. 
We remember what you did for us and that your body was broken for us to bring healing for us, to bring us in communion with you. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your blood was poured out. It's a blood that symbolizes a new promise that you gave to us. And we thank you for it, Lord. Lord, for what you suffered and what you went through, we thank you for the joy and the hope that has given us and even that we can feel today. Lord, for your Holy Spirit that resides within us and all we have to do is ask. We are so thankful, Lord God. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's take the, um, the bread and the, and, the, and the cup and just have that together. God's good, isn't he? Are you comfortable if we stay where we are to sing the last song? Yeah. Uh, I, I asked the question, but I'm just saying that's what we're going to do. So um, <laughs> we're going to have some fun with this as well. This is an old song as well. I'm trading my sorrows.
have no joy. We're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God's blessed us. We're blessed beyond. And God is here and He wants to free us and to deposit His goodness into our hearts and in our lives. And we say, yes, Senor. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Nat. That was gorgeous. Yeah, the Bible, I'll just stay where you are. The Bible speaks about the gathering and Luke read that scripture about every tribe every language thank you for those languages this morning every people and every nation and we represent that today some of those tribes we have gathered together and we've blessed god together we're, we've we've um, worshipped we've we've given we've nudged shoulders with one another but god has brought us together and that is so special we are blessed above and beyond and Jesus brings us together. You know, we are diverse. We come from different backgrounds, as we've seen, social backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, different races. We've got different habits. And later on, we're going to have different foods. Fantastic. And you know, it's that that makes us unique. We're unique because we're different. And I love Northside. I love it that it's got an open heart to every culture, every nation, every tribe and every language. Welcome for those of you that are English. (laughs) Because in heaven, there's gonna be so many beautiful, beautiful colored people. And we're gonna join in with them because they can sing, they can dance. They've got Jesus. And of course we welcome one and all, but you know, white people, golly, we've got a lot to learn and a lot to go learning. by nature we're staid and you know stiff but the joy of the Lord you know we want to be able to be free to worship and to love Jesus you know we love and appreciate every single one of you from there to there each one of you brings something special to our table of life at Northside I want to say this in Polish Dzień dobry, dziękuję and I was going to say, Ya Chebie Lubiem. You know what that means. Um, Leah and Grace, that means thank you. I forget what else I said. And I, and I love you. <laughs> I, can, I can speak a little bit of Polish, but not much. But we appreciate everyone. Each one of you brings something so beautiful to enrich this fellowship. And we are blessed because you are here. In 1 Peter 1.22, it says, Love one another from the heart in Romans 12 16 it says live in harmony you know beautiful sounding notes we bring something so beautiful to our table Um, live in harmony it's a beautiful sound it's a sound of acceptance it's a sound of inclusion it's a sound that makes friends easily we love and accept and forgive one another from the heart. We're not snobs. 
In fact, it says here, um, live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, you know, look down on people. A lot of, I mean, I'm sorry if I use the Aussie or the British, you know, but you know, that's kind of in the culture. Don't be haughty and snobbish and look down on one another and be exclusive, but ready to adjust yourselves to people and give of yourselves. Give of yourselves. Okay, I love Northside. Let's just pray, shall we? Hallelujah. Lord, I love what we did this morning. I love the different nations coming together. Oh, Lord, that blessed my socks. How much does that bless your heart, Father? The nations coming together, welcoming, accepting one another from the heart. Father, we pray for the nations that are represented here today. We've heard how you, you, you are moving in China, South Korea, and all the other nations, particularly in Africa. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you that there's a rising up of people who are light in these nations and it's just snowballing. Father, I pray for all of the nations that we represent and for us here in Aussie land too. May we rise up and shine the brightest. May we be the best version of who you have ordained for us to be, that we would shine and glow and speak of Jesus wherever we go. Lord, you've put a dance in our heart and we want to express that today. Thank Thank you, Father, for diversity in our church as well. Lord, each other brings something so beautiful to one another. And we love that. Lord, we respect one another. We honour one another. And we thank you this morning for each other. Help us to have the love of Jesus in our hearts for one another. And I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Before you go, I've got one more announcement. Okay. Um, next week, our beautiful sister Yvette will be speaking um, at, at two sessions. But next week, particularly starting Yvette on healthy Christianity. So that'll be something really great to listen to. She's a teacher. She loves the Lord, is in the Word and has a beautiful presentation. So come, come every Sunday with expectant hearts. Lord, speak to me. I've been a Christian for many, many, many years since I was a teenager. And you know, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And that's for all of us. We continue to learn and grow. So let's just pray, say grace and pray over the food. Lord, I want to thank you today that we can eat together, that we can rub shoulders with one another and eat the food that you have so blessed us with. We do live in a wonderful country, Lord, where we can buy food so easily. We never want to forget the goodness of God in this area. Father, bless the, the food from the different nations. Lord, thank you that we can eat together, live in harmony and share a meal together. Bless this food, we pray. Bless our fellowship. May our hearts be full of the love of Jesus toward one another. And I ask is that you might be glorified, your body built up and extended in Jesus' name. Amen. And all the people said... Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. To know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.